Hi, I'm Andy Moore, your Friday host of the 8 O'Clock Buzz. Thanks for spending your mornings with us. We love bringing you this blend of art and music and news and politics and, and more. In return, we ask that you spend a little to support this show. And it's easy. Go to wortfm.org slash donate. Segment dose. Folks, we're going to um, have uh, a lot of uh, predictions uh, over the coming uh, year. Um, I uh, wrote a, a, a beautiful uh, intro for this, and it's, it, it's disappeared on my laptop. This doesn't happen very often. And in that intro, I said that, um, you know, there are certain individuals among us who uh, have political genius, uh, who, who, can, who can see the future, who are uh, able to uh, right the, the wrongs of, of, of our political culture. I'm talking, of course, about Taylor Swift. She was not available uh, to us this morning. And so we want to welcome back uh, the one and only Charlie Sykes to the Friday Buzz. Charlie, a good morning on this snow day morning. I'm sorry for the choppy intro. Well, um, it is interesting. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of honored to be a backup to Taylor Swift. So, uh, yeah, happy Friday. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, it's uh, it, it, we. I know our, our listeners are, are going to feel a little bit cheated if, if we don't do one of our, our regular segments. Let's just do that right away. We, we call it a, a lightning round. And so here, here's a quick lightning round. I'll mention a name or a political reference, and you yeah. give us 10 seconds on the topic. Are you ready? Okay. Sure. Chris Christie dropping out of the presidential primary. Uh, I think he was, for all of his flaws, he was a magnificent beast in this campaign, and I'm disappointed that he's out. Okay. Uh, Wisconsin Assembly Speaker Robin Voss as a target of a recall. Well, this is what you get when you try to raise the baby alligator in the bathtub, and you imagine that it won't grow up to be a big alligator who <laughs> will try to eat you. <laughs> March deadline for new district maps in Wisconsin. Um. Uh, a, a, bit, a bit quick. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll get to yeah. It, 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 it seems completely uh, impossible uh, in my mind, but we'll we'll see. We'll get to yeah. uh, your specific twenty twenty four political predictions later in our conversation. Uh, but just to set mm-hmm. the table on a scale from one to ten, where one is a complete return to sanity as we used to understand it in our democracy, and ten is we're all f apostrophed ed'd. What's our number for twenty twenty four? Well, you don't want to hear this on a snow day, do you? Yes. Um, Because I'm going to give you a nine on all of this. I'm I'm actually working on a piece, you know, sort of the, you know, we have to pace ourselves because this is not going to end any time soon. The fever is not going to break. I think we're going to have a hangover from what's going on right now for, who I I want to say 30 years, but uh, I don't don't want to depress you too much on a Friday, so for at least a decade. Well, and I imagine uh, your specific predictions later in our conversation will will, will give us uh, more insight into that hangover. Um, Who died and made Iowa king uh, anyway? How how do you explain the Iowa caucus process, Charlie? It must have something to do with corn, um, but I'm (laughs) I'm not sure. I remember, uh, you know, former Milwaukee Mayor John Norquist said that uh, that you know wisconsin um without milwaukee would be iowa which i think pretty much explains <laughs> it you know um and and this is this is one of those things that we every four years we convince ourselves that iowa is really really important despite the fact that every four years we find out that iowa despite all of the heavy breathing and the money spent really doesn't make that much of a difference 
Is it just because they're on the so-called starting line and, and where everybody's all jazzed up for for, yeah. for something physical to happen? I, 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 I guess. You know, I mean, this is maybe it's the cure for our boredom. We have to start somewhere. It used to be New Hampshire, <laughs> and now and now it's, it's Iowa in the... And the, you know, 28 people who are going to come out in the middle of the polar vortex and blizzard, to, you know, to, to stand in some, you know, badly lit, you know, bar basement and vote. So this is American <laughs> democracy. <laughs> okay, well, what do you think will be the morning after headline of the Iowa caucuses? Well, look, I mean, Don, spoiler alert here, Donald Trump is going to win. Um, but the way things work is that it, it's a question of expectation, the expectations game. Uh, does he win by as much as expected? And, of course, who finishes second? So one of the big headlines will be if Nikki Haley finishes second, even if she's 30 points behind, that's going to be a headline because it will probably mean that Ron DeSantis' pathetic campaign will come to an end. Mm -hmm. So it might. So the, the, the headline might be Trump romps Nikki second, DeSantis out. Huh. And then New Hampshire, and tons of attention uh, this week given to Nikki Haley's rising poll numbers there, but she's still 20 points behind Trump there, is she not? New Hampshire is this weird beast that, that, all, that has the capacity to surprise us and has done so so many times. So I would not be shocked if Nikki Haley finishes a strong second. It would, of course, stun everybody, you know, and, and, and you know, send the pun hundred worlds hair on fire if she were in fact to win but deep breath here um we're headed toward trump's firewalls and it's sort of like i know that people are waiting for the nikki haley unicorn uh, to come along but um <laughs> even even if she wins in new hampshire there'll be you know one week of you know real excitement and then she's going to then reality will reassert itself in places like mm -hmm. her home state of south carolina it, in nevada it kind of goes back to our preoccupation with Iowa meaning anything. We're just looking for anything to have any meaning, aren't we? Yes, we 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 are, and this is this is part of the and a part of the problem, of course, is that we get caught up in this this horse race analysis, just you know, focused on all the minutiae of everything that's going on in the horse race, when in fact, um, you know, pull back and, and and look at look at sort of the big picture. I mean, it is going to be Donald Trump. For the first time in American history, we are going to have somebody facing 91 criminal charges who will be on the general election ballot. And that's kind of a big deal. But we have to distract ourselves because, of course, we have a 24-7 news cycle and we have lots of pundits who need to pundit on a regular basis. By the way, including me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, my horse race uh, coverage, it seems like, is all we have left. And you and I have talked about this in the past. And when you take away actual issue discussion, when you take away where people stand on policies and why, when you take away vision for uh, the, 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 the future in concrete terms, when you take all of those things, out of the discussion, it, you're left with horse race and polls, are you not? Well, you are. You know, if um, you know if, if if you can't pull back the lens. Um, so um, I, I, I'm, I'm I'm finishing up my daily newsletter. Speaking of daily punditry, mm -hmm. um, and 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 it's about a conversation that I had with a good friend of mine, um, Ben Wittes from the Brookings Institution. And we were having this sort of conversation about how we go through the horse races and everything is normal, when in fact all around us we are living in a Eugene, you know, Ionesco play, rhinoceroses, <laughs> where 
people are transforming themselves into rhinoceroses. And it's like, this is why you feel you have crazy pills, because you're looking across the table and saying, hey, Fred has a freaking horn on his face. I mean, Ionesco was writing about the slow drift into fascism and communism, and it's supposedly an absurd display, but I I feel that it's prophetic now, because on a daily basis, you open up the paper and you go, okay, this senator, this congressman, this governor says, hey, you know, despite all the craziness, I'm supporting Donald Trump. You go, another freaking rhinoceros. I'm never going to think of the word rhino in the same way again when I hear that uh, in a political conversation anyway. Uh, but but let's just get this on the record and then, and then put it in the rearview mirror. A quick poll gut check. Do we care about polls or not, Charlie? We care too much about polls. I mean, we need to pay attention to them, but we cannot obsess about them any more than you want to spend your time, you know, for example, hooked up to a heart rate monitor and looking at every single blip on your heart rate. Mm. You drive yourself insane, <laughs> okay. um, as we are doing a pace um, in, in American mm-hmm. politics. If you're just joining us um, on this note, I'm talking with the editor-in-chief of The Bulwark, Charlie Sykes, thebulwark.com, to read his columns and uh, his, his, his staff's work. It's, it's, a, it's a terrific point of, uh, of, of reference. He's on the phone from Milwaukee. You wrote this week about... Um, some escalation in rhetoric from Trump is so that elevator can go any higher. But but you paid special attention to him throwing around the word bedlam and one Wisconsin Supreme Court justice response to violent overtures among MAGAs. Talk about that. Well, yes, yeah, so that was uh, the quote from Jill Karofsky, uh in the Washington Post, who's basically saying, look, um, this is not theoretical anymore. Uh, we, we have the, the former president you know, with very, very thinly veiled threats of, of violence, um, if in fact, you know, he is, you know, the criminal justice system, you know, continues uh, on, on, on its way. And when I say this is not theoretical, I mean, after January 6th, you know, what, what, you know, how delusional do we have to be not to understand what Trump is doing and what the, and what the nature of the threat is. And so this is what's, this is what makes me think about the rhinoceroses because, I mean, the, the, just in this last week, you know, he's he's ranting about magnets and water. He's talking about how he would have done a better job than Lincoln in the Civil War. He's calling the Capitol rioters who attacked police officers uh, hostages. Uh, and he's making it absolutely clear that, uh, you know, a Trump 2.0 presidency would be about retribution and revenge. And the Republican Party is looking at him and going, yeah, he's our guy. He, he's, the, he's the guy that we want to put back in the Oval Office. Um and, and this is where the horse race misses the point. It's like, guys, do you understand what Trump is saying and the way he is trying to delegitimize, discredit the entire uh, judicial system in the country and the way that he is using the threat of violence to intimidate his foes? There are words uh, you know, to describe that, and and they generally begin with F. Well, not all the Republicans are saying that's uh, that's no. our guy. Some are actually calling to to tap the brakes. Uh, also, in the bulwark this week, it got a lot of national attention. A letter from a fairly large group of former Republican yeah. members of Congress urging the courts to move quickly to resolve Trump cases. Um, how did they frame that argument? Well, first of all, the key word there is former. Um, because what's been happening has been the the the, the exile um, and the excommunication of of Republicans who actually have some sort of a principle who look at Donald Trump and say you know this is you know he is unfit for office 
and you know all of them are now out of office. And what they're saying is, look, this is an urgent crisis. Um, the courts need to step up. We cannot go into November with this big question mark over over Donald Trump's status. I mean, that, you know, almost every scenario is a scenario of chaos. But the courts have an obligation to tell us number one whether he uh, is eligible to to be on the ballot, uh, and number two whether or not. He, presidents and ex-presidents, in fact, do have absolute immunity or immunity uh, to commit the kind of crimes that Donald Trump committed. You know, I think hearing those former, as you emphasize, voices make uh, arguments of that sort has an impact on on reasonably thinking Americans, um, the, the, the diminishing number of them, it seems. But what do you think the impact has in private moments for, for members of the nation's high court who, who stumble upon uh, that news item? Well, um, you know, I mean, obviously they understand uh, the significance of this decision they have to make. I happen to be one of those uh, who is skeptical that the court will want to take a radical, bold step on all of this. Courts generally do not want, I mean, in, in terms of in terms of how toxic or radioactive our politics uh, has, has become, the court doesn't want to insert itself directly into the center of that. So I don't think that the court, I mean, the court has to be really concerned about this. I think they need to understand the immediacy of this. And my guess is that they want to scrape this off their shoes as quickly as possible. Charlie Sykes is the editor-in-chief of The Bulwark, thebulwark.com, and an expert in the work of Inesco. Um, Charlie, uh, the time has come for Charlie Sykes' uh, political predictions of 2024. Jim Wilson, our engineer without peer, plays a very important role in this transition. That's because we have the intro music ready for Charlie Sykes' political predictions of 2024. Hit it, Jim! Political predictions. Okay, Charlie, high production value on the Friday buzz, huh? Wonderful. Fantastic. I, I knew you would appreciate it. Okay, uh, Sykes' 2024 political prediction number one. Number one, um, that uh, Donald Trump is going to romp. He will be the Republican nominee. Um, and um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that he might be wearing an ankle bracelet when he accepts the nomination <laughs> here in Milwaukee. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, I forgot all about the Milwaukee role in this, too. Oh, God, it's going to be a long year. Um, Milwaukee's, oh, God, forgot about yeah. that. Okay. Um, yeah, the bar scene's going to be hopping when, it, you know, oh when we become Town for a week. Oh, God. God, yes, I'm uh, not going to be going you, downtown you, that you, week. You, you, you said you at the top of this conversation. You said that you were going to try not to be depressing, and then you bring up the Republican <laughs> convention in Milwaukee. God, oh, I can't unsee that. Um, all right, well, we'll just take that as it comes. Okay, Charlie Sykes's political prediction for 2024 number two. Number two is that even though Donald Trump is going to look like a dominating figure when he comes out of the Republican primaries, he is not going to be elected president again because the American people have not lost their mind. Wow. Well, that makes up for the convention being in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah, um, wow. Okay. Um, I, I'm, look, I'll, I, I'm already looking forward to playing these predictions back um, uh, uh, in, in a year. Um, and uh, Charlie Sykes' political prediction for 2024, number three. Uh, Robin Voss will retire from uh, the speakership of the Assembly and from the Assembly altogether. Oh, wow. And we touched on that just a little bit earlier. That's a juicy one. Um, you want to elaborate on that a little bit? 
Well, I, I, I think he's been thinking about it for some time, and you know, um, you can just sense that his frustration with what's happened to uh, his, his caucus uh, is rising. What's happened to the Republican Party, uh, and and of course, uh, you know, he brought so much of it on himself by trying to appease the MAGA base, and like so many other um, mainstream Republicans, what he's discovered is you you cannot you cannot appease these folks. There's there's you you cannot be crazy enough. You cannot be extreme enough. They will come and they will try to eat your face. <laughs> uh, that's a real rich, mixed bag of predictions, Charlie Sykes. Yeah. Thanks, as always, for coming on the Friday Buzz, and Happy New Year to you. Yes. What makes you think it's going to be happy? <laughs> Not talking to you. <laughs> God, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to hide under my bed starting Monday. Um, thanks a lot. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot. Right, okay, bye bye. Charlie Sykes is the editor in chief of the Bulwark, the Bulwark dot com.